0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Sorry about the uh, technical difficulties there. We're a couple minutes late, but thank y'all for joining us for the second live broadcast of the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU podcast for some instant analysis of uh, LSU going 3-0 on the weekend. We know they still have a game on Monday versus Butler, but I felt like this would be a great time to get these two guys on Monday. Everybody's got work, school the next day. It'd be a little bit tough on everybody's schedule, but I'm joined by Matthew Musso, host of the Musso at the Box podcast on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge. And, of course, Mr. LSU. He was here last time. Stephen Miller, if you're a fan of all things LSU, then you know Stephen. But real quick, some housekeeping items. Thank you all for joining us. If you're viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the content throughout the season. And as you all should know by now, the Twitter account is at 60FT6INLSUPOD. And I will post a link to this broadcast, uh, Twitter, and YouTube versions on the Twitter account as well. So, Moose, welcome in. Thank you for joining us. Look, hey, not a bad weekend for LSU so far, 3-0. and You got to feel confident. You know, how do you uh, just kind of 3,000-foot view of the weekend from your perspective?
1: Pretty dominant stuff, especially offensively. I mean, when you come off the game against Texas, right, where 16 strikeouts was the uh, – the large takeaway there for most, I think, and, and rightfully so. I mean, that's that's a lot of punch-outs. Uh, you only struck out five times today. I believe it was only three times yesterday. And think after so. you were handcuffed by the soft-throwing lefty on Friday night, once you knocked him out in the fifth inning, I think you struck out one more time or th- two more times in that game. So that's been obviously great to see. A couple guys are still going through it a little bit. I mean, Joe Bear's hitting the ball. it's just not necessarily finding brass. And, Uh, Jared Jones probably for the first time looks like a freshman,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, he'll, I think he'll snap out of that. He's going to continue to get at bats, although, uh, Cade Belosa might have pushed him a little bit this, uh, this weekend so far, right? But, uh, just absolute, just dominant stuff offensive stand for 39 to four the last two days is, uh, 39 to 39 to, yeah, 39 to four that is um that's loud that's that's very very loud and uh, obviously offensively but from a pitching standpoint as well
0: yeah i mean they look great and steven obviously welcome back to the stream you're on the first one but look beautiful weather this weekend it's absolutely gorgeous here in town and um it seems like lsu's playing beautiful baseball you know your thoughts from from the weekend that you've seen so far from the tigers
2: without a doubt man i mean it's basically is what we all were wanting to see Number one team in the nation by far. You got Butler, who's real struggling, and you got CCSU, and like you like to call them. But they're coming in with their first game outdoors, and it's kind of a, what we thought that, that we should have saw. I mean, what have we got now? 51? 51, 51 to six, three games? So that's kind of what you're expecting to see. Uh, but but, it, but if you look inside of the game, I mean, it's like Moose touched on. We've we've got a lot of guys that we were hoping to start to see to, to get off a few snides. Uh, we we just mentioned uh, we've got DeBoloso smoking hot now, is, and we got pa, uh, Paxson clean. He yeah. he was in a little rough patch, and now he's looks like he's seeing the ball well. So I mean, there's it, a lot of good things that you want to see. Is is like I was joking on yesterday. I was like, this is a stat pad Saturday, and lo and behold, we put up. 26, so definitely something you wanted to see from a team like that against someone like a CCSU. So, yeah, it's definitely what I was hoping and what I wanted to see, and just as well as from the pitchers too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think coming in against this type of competition, obviously Butler, they've had a rough go of it. Then they had a tough three game stretch at Campbell, and for people besides Campbell has a legit mascot. They're the Camels. They're they're a very good (laughs) baseball team. And then, uh, I'm not going to say central Connecticut state every time. So I'm just going to call them CCSU their first game outside. I mean, this is kind of expected to me, but to give everybody who's going to view this now or whoever, everybody who catches up on this later. So we're just going to go over Friday's game, Saturday's game, then Sunday's game. Look, we're not going to break down every inning of the 26 to four thrashing that LSU put on CCSU yesterday, but we're going to touch on some highlights. And obviously I listened to Musso's podcast and he had some very prophetic things to say. I think, uh, thursday and friday but um so she mentioned it we'll, we'll go with you first midweek thriller against texas right Dugas wins it just a fabulous uh job by that young man and we knew this was gonna be a step down in competition but what did you want to see heading into the weekend i know i heard your podcast but for those that may not have what did you want to see from this team maybe one or two things heading into the weekend hitters pitchers what, you know whatever you fancy there so, I mean,
1: obviously, you mentioned the bounce back spots for a, a lot of guys, and, and Stephen did as well. Um, one of them was actually a couple of things I, I wanted to see but we still haven't seen, uh, and one of them is Riley Cooper uh, throwing on the mound. But um, yeah. from a hitting standpoint, wanted to see Tommy White break out. Thought it was just thought it was coming, man. I mean, the, right? Yeah. The the bs at Texas were just way more confident. Two seven pitched bats. The swing looked great, and uh, he was. He had a little bloop double uh, on right. on Friday, and then yesterday there was nothing. There was nothing bloop about anything that he hit. He no. should have had a three homer day. Um, yeah. So that was that was great to see. That was so that was that was really kind of near the top of the list. Uh, there was, was Tommy White um, right. from a from a pitching standpoint. Uh, with schemes, just keep doing what you're doing. He did that. Yeah. And obviously, that guy's just it, if they're not just. Butler, he goes the distance on Friday night. Like can we, I mean, the guy threw 75 pitches right. at six innings. Like he had the stuff to to go complete game shut out, and they, they weren't gonna touch him. I mean, the first four pitches were hundred miles an hour. It was it was absolutely filthy stuff. Uh, I will say that I wanted to see that I didn't that I don't know if concerning is the right word. Because they're eleven games into the season, but Bryce Collins is struggling,
0: and yeah, he's we're going to get to him for
1: sure. He's he's going to be a big part of this team, and he has got to stop walking, guys. That's a lot yeah. of walks, and he, he's just. I, I thought when he settled down at the end of Saturday's game, and I'm jumping all around. You asked me about Friday, and I'm jumping all around Oh, just but, uh,
0: just a, just a weekend in general, yeah. Because we're definitely going to get to Collins, because okay. uh, you know, yeah.
1: I, I thought I thought when he settled down and he was able to kind of he gave up through two runs, but he, he he did make some nice pitches to get out of that. Uh, yeah. but th- I mean, those were kind of some you know, individual things I was looking for out of, a, out of the team and saw most of them, uh, some of them on and we got another game tomorrow to, to figure some of it out.
0: No doubt. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of valid points. There's definitely, you know, games within the game and things we kind of all noticed that we're going to touch on. Collins is definitely one that, uh, I want to get y'all's opinion on, but let's take a look at Friday and this is how. Uh, for those on you know not watching this on YouTube, so I'm going to throw up a little graphic here of how LSU lined up. And I mentioned this in the last live stream. Until LSU gets a consistent lineup, and it seems like they're there almost 85% of the time, but this is how the Tigers lined up on Friday night. Duke got the second cruise in center, White DH. Thompson, he was just a surprise for me at the four-hole at short. You see Morgan back out and left with Jones at first. Kling slides into the lineup as Joe Bear bounces out. Malazzo in there for Neal, catching and then the pole at third base. So, Stephen, when you saw this lineup, the two things that really surprised me, Milazzo in at catcher and then Kling in in right field. But obviously they faced a left-handed pitcher. When you saw this come out on Friday, anything shock you, surprise you, happy to see? What would you think yeah, about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, was like you had touched on a couple. I mean, Thompson in the four-hole, I mean, is, when's the last time we saw him in the four-hole? I don't know if I've ever seen him in the four-hole here. But, uh, yeah, and, and this definitely was a shock to see Milazzo slotted in there. But, hey, I mean, it all worked out. And uh, you could tell they were trying to give um, the Napoleon another shot at, at uh, play in. And, and he just seemed like he, he he started out hot and he hit a lot of balls right at folks and was snake bit. But it seemed like it snowballed on him just a bit. And uh, it looked like they were trying to just just to give him another shot to break out of it. But, just snake bit man, and just sometimes you just need a few days off. And 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 they gave him off on Saturday and they gave him off today, so maybe he can bounce back and play uh Monday or Wednesday and, and try to shake it off.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, poll, you know, he VCU transfer hit over 300 last year, seems to be maybe pressing a little bit more walks and strikeouts last year, yep. but uh, I mean, he's a, he's a proven player, I think he'll turn that around. Moose, when you saw Thompson. We know um, Jay <laughs> likes to do that lefty-righty thing, right? We all know that. Any surprises with you on that lineup? We, I mean, when I saw Milazzo, that didn't shock me. Neal's going to have to get a break at some point. But Thompson hitting four-hole, Kling sliding in for Joe Bear. Anything when you saw that lineup come out on Friday shock you with how Johnson you know likes the matchup?
1: I wouldn't say shock. I mean, I, I think that was my first reaction was they're going righty heavy against the against the lefty, and I don't really think yeah. it was the lefty that they thought they were going to see either, because they they yeah, which I thought was just that kind it was of concern. wild. But yeah, I mean, but I mean, look, they're you know two and you know ten or whatever they are point some, for a yeah. reason. Uh, <laughs> right. It's just kind of decisions like that. But um, I wouldn't say anything surprised me. I, you know, Demu, one thing I wanted out of that was the bottom of the lineup because yep. when, when you look at on Friday night, when you looked at the averages going in, nobody was hitting above 143 in the bottom third there at seven through nine. Yep. And yeah. I've said numerous times this LSU team is too deep and too talented to have production one through nine. Like they don't have an excuse because they have too much talent everywhere.
0: And yeah. production
1: Can look different. It, guys don't have to hit 300, right? Walk get hit by a pitch, advance the offense, just do something. And I wanted to see if the bottom of that order could do it, and they did. So uh, I was – I mean, Paxton Kling walked twice and got hit by two pitches in that game. Right. Great at that. That's perfect. Yes, that's perfect. So uh, Malazzo had a couple of hits, although one of them was absolutely an error that they ruled a hit. But
2: um, (laughs) – Home cooking.
1: He deserves it, man. Alex is a program guy at this point, so all four. But uh uh, so, I mean, I that was really what I was mainly looking for. I, I guess part of me was maybe a little surprised Joe Bear wasn't in there. Yeah. Uh, and that maybe a little bit also that, that is hindsight because he was in there yesterday and today against the lefty starter. And I actually think the bats have been better this year against left-handed pitching from him. So, I guess if I did have a surprise, it was that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's. I was, I was a lot. I mean, I thought coming into the weekend, you know, a lot of guys' reserves, quote unquote reserves, would, um, you know, get a chance to uh, play this weekend. And, but Clean's made the most of it. So look, so uh, Butler starts Graverson. He's a lefty. He threw up, I think, 85% changeups. It was absolutely infuriating as my son and I were watching this game. We were pulling <laughs> our hair out. You know, he's 70 71 on a changeup. His fastball is 80 85. He's matching schemes for strikeouts through the first three innings um LSU finally scratches a run in the third you know and it was just it seemed like LSU wouldn't adjust or nobody knew what their plan of attack was or if they even had one but Moose you know if I said this guy's going to match Skeens, almost strikeout for strikeout through three innings you know were you a little worried watching this game early on in terms of their plan of attack they couldn't sit back and drive the ball or or almost I thought they just should have sat on a changeup because you're going to get two or three in at bat but early on through four innings. So if I would have caught you in the fourth, where you've been like, man, what is going on? You know, how'd you feel early on with Graverson kind of cutting up LSU? I,
1: you know, so I, I really wasn't. I saw the kid throw an 80 mile an hour fastball on his first fastball the game. I was like, "This, he's going to tie him up. Like he's, <laughs> he's going to give them, he's going to yeah. give them fits for a while. It's going to take them time. Uh, it reminded me early a lot. And, you know, I think I referenced this game actually on the on one of the pods leading up it, it might have been Friday uh the Friday night game against Eastern Kentucky a few years ago that LSU lost two to nothing and just got they just Eastern Kentucky threw this lefty who threw yeah. you know 78 and just had them up for the whole game uh so I, I don't know if I was really surprised I I really thought they'd break it through though eventually because that's this lineup you're, you're just you're not going to hold – they're going to make a run eventually. You're not going to hold them down for nine innings. Uh, and then, I mean, look, Dylan Cruz was able to stay back enough on an 83-mile-an-hour fastball and dr- drove yeah. it to, uh, to right center field for the three-run homer, and it was over at that point. But um, I don't know. I guess I look at it and I'm like, man, there's there's still two different ways to do it when it comes to pitching, right? One guy's throwing 100 and he's got five Ks <laughs> through two. This guy's yeah. topping out at 83 and he's got five Ks through two. It's just – baseball is a, a beautiful game right
0: no it is it is and that i mean for those who don't know steven umpires high school baseball and steven you probably thought you were watching like central denim right i, I even tweeted hey. i said they got they got more ninth graders in baton Rouge that have better stuff than this guy and hats off to him I'm right telling he, you. he pitched backwards he was not afraid to throw change-ups 3-1 you know 3-0 he just didn't care and he was gonna float that sucker in there and make lsu hitters beat him but you know, for you from an approach standpoint, did you think LSU had a plan of attack? Or like I thought they were gonna break through too, Musa eventually, right? He's gonna hang a yeah. change up, somebody's gonna hit a bomb. But it took a little longer than I thought. But Stephen, when you were watching the hitters or when you caught up on the highlights, you may have been working. I mean, what did you think about LSU's approach early on versus uh Graverson?
2: Well, I mean it it it's it's kinda like something that, that we've seen in the past. I mean, they played Southern a few years back or three or four years ago, and, and they had that left-handed kid to come in and was throwing just cotton balls, and and just <laughs> nobody could, like, touch him. And we just fouling off, fouling off. And it was so frustrating to watch. And, and you just like, okay, first three through, okay. Next three through, like, okay, now, y'all just saw the first three. I'm like, so where are – I mean, it was just so just – just odd but, but i mean, I mean it's like moose said i mean the lineup is too deep and too good and too strong that eventually a pebble is going to break and then another pebble and then the whole damn thing's going to break i mean it's just too great of, of, of just a powerful lot of lineup i mean just go up and down it and you might get past cruise you might get past white but then there is there you go so clean bam you got clean oh man shit! i didn't even think about him clean first little pebble then you yeah. roll it on to the top and then you got the second time through and then it's all over yeah but i mean it, it, it's just crazy i was looking through it and we had 10 hits on the night but we had 12 <laughs> runs i mean a lot of folks that may think oh man we only had 10 hits but the thing about it is is we were taking advantage of what we were like the walks and the errors and stuff like that. So that's very, very good to uh, see in a young season as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was nice to see Tanks gets the blue double, right? Gets LSU on the board. Yeah. Skeen, Skeens just dominates. So Skeen's line on the day, six innings pitch, one hit, no walks, 13 Ks. And,
2: Man, that's crazy. You
0: know, I mean, Muso, we, we, I mean, in season two. I know it is. So we like, we sat next to each other in scrimmages and and we watched this guy throw and you know, there's no need to go inning by inning of what Skeens did, but Moose, and then we'll kick it to you, Steven. Did you think Skeens, I mean, he's been utterly dominant, maybe not against the best competition, but even so you still got to face or strike out whoever's in front of you. So did you think he was going to be as dominant as he has been at this point after watching him in the fall and the spring and all the fanfare? Um, it's a tough one, right? I mean, cause we saw him, I mean, you've seen him go against shoot, you know, it's, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, mean, I guess maybe looking at the schedule, I thought he had a chance, right. but no, I mean, I wouldn't have predicted the guy would have a, you know, an ERA of point five zero or whatever it is. And yeah. you know, 36 strikeouts and 18 innings at this point. Yeah. I mean, I know, at- I know. No, I, I, I knew he'd be very good. I knew he'd be a strong option for you on Friday. I knew he'd give you a chance to win the opener of every series. Did I think he would be, you know, arguably the best pitcher in the country right
0: now? Right, um, for sure. No,
1: no, I, I didn't. Dude, that
0: I, was crazy. Yeah, it's... Um...
1: That was his most dominant. Like, I get what you're saying, too. It doesn't matter. I mean, the dude one hit shutout and if they're again if they're not just bludgeoning that team he's going yeah. the distance and probably throwing a one hit shutout and striking out 20.
0: Yeah yeah I there mean, we go was, yeah the interview went down for a little while yeah all
2: y'all went completely yeah no but yeah so I think it was you and I we were sit sitting for, for the final uh, fr- uh Friday night scrimmage I believe it was and he he was rolling through three but I think he had that one, one bad inning where he got pinched a few times and he gave up a hit or two and he gave up a few uh, a few runs. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, maybe he's not going to be as dominant, but he's still a great pitcher. I mean, I have watched him throw. I think it was three times in the spring, and I was just just amazed. But, I mean, on, on that last night night out, I was like, okay, well, maybe he's coming back down to earth. But then when I stepped back and, look, and looked at it, I was like, all right. Zar, Zar guys have seen him now for all fall and it was their third time to see him in the spring i was like so maybe they're starting to tie, uh, time him up or or but man no I, there's no one that that could have imagined him throwing 18 innings with 36 Ks. that's unbelievable
0: yeah he's i mean i think he's definitely up there for a top pitcher in the country right now there's no doubt about it i haven't checked the d1 baseball stats as it's at the end of today but he's been he's been phenomenal i think it'll be interesting to see as the competition competition gets better if he continues to raise his right. game but
2: yeah
0: i do want to touch on cruz so cruz hits that bomb moose as you mentioned 83 mile power fastball i thought it was a change up at first 396 that was I mean, kind of you know it is yeah yeah uh, you're right you're right because <laughs> uh, i made a comment on twitter that bad change-ups get hit a long way and then looking yeah. the, at the replay it was a fastball but and I may have had this later on in my notes, but I'm just going to bring it up now with that graphic. And I'll, I'll throw it to you, Moose. we will come to you, Stephen. Has Cruz – now, think of all of his at-bats, the weekend in totality and off his previous weekends. Is Cruz better here than he was last?
1: You can certainly make the case. I mean, what they, they put the graphic up uh... – they put the graphic up today during the game. He's hitting something like six
0: thirty-six with runners in scoring is position. He, yeah. Just wow. There you go. Do you think he's potentially better early on this year than he is than he was last year? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely make the case.
1: I, I'll say this about Dylan Cruz. Um, I, don't know if I can recall hitter at LSU that just has that type of opposite field power. Yeah. Um, LSU's had some great hitters and obviously in, in the bats, but I mean, I think you can just with the way the bats are now, I think you can see it's a more fair of it. Like it's, it's, it's more, I, I, I can't find the right word for it, but it, it shows better, right? It's, it's a more accurate representation of the power just with how the bats are and whatnot. And, and the yeah. way that guy hits the ball to the opposite field, it's insane. But, uh, I mean, it's it, you can make that argument, but the guy, he's just been he's done nothing but hit the entire time he's been at LSU. The guy hit 350 as a freshman. I mean, he's, yeah, he's no, just, I mean he's
0: a freak. I get it, but no, it's um. And Stephen, we've talked on Twitter, but to me, he obviously people circle him, highlight him, first person on the scouting report, right? That's as soon as you sit down in the pitchers' meeting, Dylan Cruz. What are we going to do about Cruz? But Stephen, we we text back and forth. What do you think about Cruz this year? Maybe more specifically. His approach at the plate and his patience. What have you seen from him so far?
2: I mean, it's just like I text you after his second at-bat. I mean, it's, it's like you put up the graphic on the on, on his first at-bat. I think it was, what, a 10-pitch at-bat? Nine-pitch nine yeah. at-bat on his first at-bat? Yeah,
0: today, and then yeah. The
2: Second at-bat, it was strike, foul, ball, foul, ball, foul, ball, foul, foul, and then ball four. It was just yeah. like – I was like – this is a professional at-bat here. They were working him away, working him away, and they busted him in. He fouled it off. And I was uh, so many times that you can see the the best hitter on the team is, is going to put extra pressure on himself and try to chase chase those outside ones. Dude, he just stayed back, waited, waited, up, ball, ball four. I mean, you, you're hard-pressed. To, to even try to nitpick and find somewhere, okay, well, he needs to improve here. He needs to improve. Right. It. It's not possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's Last year you would see him chase high fastballs, I think. Yeah. And to me, the growth and maturity of – he wants to contribute, obviously, right? He's the dude sure. on that team and driving runs, but his patience knowing that other people behind him have the ability to drive in runs and his ability to lay off pitches around the zone – a little bit outside, a little bit in, a little bit up. And I think last year you saw him chase some of those pitches. To me, right. that, that's right. been the most impressive thing. I think he has more walks and strikeouts. But LSU breaks it open with six. No, yep, six in the fifth. And lo and behold, this is going to be interesting now. I know there's some controversy around this in Baton Rouge, but LSU bunts with second and third. Milazzo lays down a bunt. Pearson comes around to score from second base in that inning. I know a lot of people don't like the bunt. Some people like the bunt.
2: Hello? Move.
1: I Thank you, froze again. I'm here.
2: But thank you, froze. Yeah, man. I mean, is is the mindset of Al Davis just win, baby? I don't care if you have to <laughs> bunt it. Hey, you back?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're good. It's uh, the movie yeah. household, I guess, internet connection.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, so I was following up with that. I was like, I was like, it's just like. Al Davis said, "Just win. I don't care if we have to get hit all the time. I don't care if we have to bunt, hit and run, hit a bomb. Just win. Whatever it takes."
1: I, and I can tell Move. you what, but the heads-up base running by Josh Pearson there to score right? from Definitely. second, Bammy. I mean, yeah. he was around third, and I, I don't recall ever seeing Bunt score two runs where a throw wasn't made to first base. Like where they didn't at least throw the ball to first and maybe it gets away up the line or something. I mean, yeah. The pitcher fields it spins like he's gonna throw and then next thing you know, Pearson sliding across home plate. It was yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> I love squeeze bunts. You saw another one again on uh, on on Saturday. I mean they right. they execute it very, very well. You can definitely tell they practice it. Jay likes to pull it out. I hey if it's going to end, I'm kind of with, with Steven there. You score, I don't care how you do it, just score.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, I've been impressed. And we saw them, um, all of us, obviously, at the scrimmages. But you saw them really early on in those scrimmages. Remember, at the scrimmages yeah. in the fall and the spring, the first batter of every inning, right? They were working on squeeze, safety squeeze, hit and run. And obviously, Jay would give them points if they executed or didn't execute. But yeah. obviously, a point of emphasis this year. And I've noticed, and I've even noted it in my podcast, they've done a fabulous job. And I'll try to pull out a stat later. Amazing job of scoring runners on third with less than two outs. And I think their approach is, I don't care how we get them home, if it's going to take a bunt, but the more we can score, the more pressure we can put on the other teams, the more we can rack up runs we're just going to do it. But LSU pulls away, right? They score, they go six runs, two runs, three runs in the seventh. But I got to get to this guy. And obviously after Skeens, they had some relievers. But maybe the talk of the town for those that stayed on to the end of the broadcast Gavin Gidry, coming in, the shortstop from Barb. We'll kick it over to you, Stephen. I mean, he just comes out. I think he came in in a bases loaded situation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he just goes slider, slider, slider on the black like he's been doing it all year and gets out of that no big deal. But, Stephen, one, were you surprised? And, two, what did you think about Gidry's outing out of nowhere?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I saw him. Pitch a bunch in at uh, Barb, and uh, he he dominated in the playoffs, and he pitched in the championship game. I don't want to say he might have pitched nine in the uh, championship game. uh either last year or year before, but uh, so he can definitely pitch on the mound. I mean, and hey, who knows? There may be a situation and on on a Saturday in the SEC on where we've done burn two like two or three guys, and he's like, hey, uh, Gavin. Get 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 hot, but yeah, I mean, shoot. I mean, the SEC is going to be tough as it is, but you can't have enough of freaking arms and and that was definitely a plus to see him.
0: Yeah, the moose. You think? I mean, it's asking you a lot, but do you think he gets maybe a couple of kind of quote unquote garbage innings early on to see if he kind of factors in there later on in the year? I mean, he's going to be on the roster right because he's going to be a hitter too and a backup infielder, but I mean. What do, you, what do you think the future holds for Gidry after that outing? And then he came out the next inning after just that. And I thought he was going to strike out all four guys, and there was a what a drop third strike, and the guy ran down yeah. there. And then he yeah. had, eventually got pulled for Dutton, I think. But, uh, I mean, what would you make of his outing?
1: Uh, I, want, I want
0: more. I want more. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> that's simple. I, garbage more strikeouts and no walks. Yeah. Throw, yeah. throw him out there. Let, let's go, man. I, I, like, I'm like, i serious. Gavin Gidry is – I mean, he's one of those guys where the upside is just insane. He's uber talented. There was, you know, thought that he wouldn't be here potentially. Uh, he's going to be a draft eligible sophomore next year. Find a way to get that guy on the field. If it's on the mound, I'm fine with it. The slider was what I was so surprised about. I mean, I had yeah. heard, wow. I had heard, I had heard that he was, you know, and you know, Stephen, you obviously saw him in high school. I'm not watching bar baseball. I didn't see him pitch. <laughs> right. I didn't see him pitch in any of the scrimmages or anything like that. He just played second or short the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so I was very excited to finally get to see him throw. And, you know, i had heard, okay, he's, you know, he's in up to, up to 93. And it's like, ah, that makes sense. You know, short stops normally have a pretty live arm. Uh, the slider, though, is a real pitch. Like, that's a real that, that's an SEC caliber oh, that, slider. And, no doubt. I don't care. I don't care that he's doing it against Butler. He was dotting that thing on the outside corner. It was insane. So I he factors in to the, to the, uh, to the, to the bullpen now. Like, I think you found a bullpen arm. Get, give me more Gavin Kendry. I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, it was, um, that slider was Christian little esque. I mean, cause we know he has a power cutter, but for him to just come in, I mean, his slider was 86, 87, his fastballs over the top at nine two, nine three, which definitely plays off that slider. But, uh, It was unfortunate for Aiden Moffitt. He had a rough outing. He preceded Gavin Guidry, and Gavin Guidry had to come in. I think Moffitt, he's probably going to redshirt, I would imagine, on the year. I don't know if we've been told that definitively. But he's got great stuff. It's just I saw him have the same outing in the fall, unfortunately. I'm sure there's a lot of nerves going into it. He wants to do really well. It's his first chance, and he throws really hard. It's just. Just a tough outing for him. You know, moose have you heard anything on red shirts by any chance? I, I have a I have a feeling they're gonna be a couple, but um have you heard anything definitive on that?
1: Not anything definitively. I mean okay. I know they uh the, the guys who are hurt, I know they're they're doing that, like uh like Jaden
0: uh New Newton Appleby, yeah. I
1: think I think Jay had remarked about that in a in a media session at one point. Uh, I seem to remember that. But uh they're they're well within their their uh so, I mean, technically, they don't have to redshirt anybody, but I think Aiden Moffitt and uh, maybe like a Nick Bronzini would be a great. I think great, Bronzini uh, would
0: definitely, yeah.
1: Right, yeah. yeah, Bronzini would be a great sure. candidate for that. The thing yeah, I always say about Aiden Moffitt is he's, he's a pitcher that I really would have hated to have to face in high school because uh,
0: cool.
1: 99 miles an hour and you just don't necessarily know where it's going all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably Rick for a lot of high Yeah, for a lot of high school hitters
2: yeah, yeah he's
0: 97 <laughs> at your dome and then 97 on the black so it's gonna be one or yeah, the other. but uh
2: happen, yikes
0: yeah it's uh i think once they get his mechanics sorted out and that's what i said on twitter you know he's got a ton of upside, but i think you know rodell zeb rodell haven't seen him really and then um dj primo from central haven't really seen him either so those could be potential yeah. candidates for uh red shirts but you know, let's move on a Saturday. Obviously, just a complete whooping that the Tigers put on Central Connecticut State, (CCSU) 26-4. And, you know, let's just go ahead and show how the Tigers uh, lined up on Saturday. But to me, when the lineup came out, I was happy to see. I don't know how y'all felt about it. We'll just go right down there to the bottom. Ty Floyd gets his first start of the year after being absolutely dominant in relief. But – uh Steven, we'll flip it to you. What did you think when you saw Floyd get the nod on the mound?
2: Well, I mean, I was kind of expecting it. I mean, is uh Cooper had a little rough outing last weekend and I, I just I, I think it's just a, a, a shot at Jay just flipping it up and saying, All right, Floyd, if you want to pitch on the weekends, here we go. And hey he too, he like took it and ran. Well, he went what five five and two thirds with six Ks.
0: I yeah, it's exactly what he went. Yeah, yeah.
2: Can't beat that yeah. at all.
0: Yeah, Musa, were you surprised? I mean, obviously Cooper. Everybody's kind of going back and forth, just seeing which way it flip flop. But I guess if you thought a four game series, Floyd had a chance to start it, maybe this weekend. Any 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 thoughts of you with Floyd jumping into that Saturday spot? Yeah, wasn't surprised.
1: Would say I was surprised. Uh, I mean, he's just been—he's been dominant. He's got starting experience before. You know, he can do the job. uh It's just that the thing with Ty Floyd right now. The Ty Floyd we're seeing is the Ty Floyd we all saw in the fall. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. down towards the end of preseason, he maybe struggled a little. But I mean, good lord, he's been facing his lineup for you know what—four or five months at that point. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, you're you're going to struggle eventually there. Uh, would have had him probably in the rotation opening day. Um, yeah. I thought he was great though, man. It just it looks so much different than it did last year, and it's, I mean, it's not hard oh, to see. Oh, without the, a doubt, the yeah. curveball curve is awesome. The fastball velo is back up to where it was when he was coming out in high school when he was regularly in at 96 and bumping 97. Um, yeah. but I, Damui, you, you tell me, man, I really like his changeup a lot. Uh, I don't. He doesn't, he doesn't. throw it a bunch, but when he does, right. it just seems to be great. It's got that great, uh, almost like a circle change. A lot of, a lot of yeah. tail to the uh, arm side. On. Sure. I, I love that pitch. There was, there was one sequence. Man, I can't remember who.
0: It was Rios. Was it Rios when he hit that bomb off of him? No, he no goes, it wasn't
1: that. That was okay. A
0: tank, uh, good lord. Um, but he wait. But he, but he did go. He go. He went change up, change up. And then the kid caught ninety six. I mean, he caught it, right? He caught it with the barrel, but he went change up, change up to start, though.
1: And then, so, and then there was, but there was another one. I, I can't remember who was hitting for for CCSU, but he goes. Floyd went change up at eighty three, ball at eighty one, fastball ninety seven. Just take a seat. I was like, that is remarkably different than anything. Good morning. Good afternoon.
2: Life. Good night. Yes,
1: <laughs> I, love, I love it, man. I, I think going forward, he's you, you got to have him Saturday I, at least going forward. Now, I mean, how, how do you right. how do you take him out of that role after he did that?
2: There's no way, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, and I put on and I put on Twitter, you know, um, especially at that first inning, he flashed all four pitches, and that's and that that's what we saw during the spring. I think the biggest surprise to me, he has a big curveball, and you saw the changeup last year, and I really thought the changeup came to life. <laughs> you know, against Tennessee and then really against Southern Miss in the regional. But the thing I think that changes things for him is that cutter slider he developed, right? And it seems, I don't want to get into the weeds, but it seems like Wes Johnson is really adamant with righties to where it's change up or right-handed pitcher facing a left-handed batter. It's fastball change ups. And then some guys just don't throw breaking balls, but you saw with Floyd, the slider to me was what looked really good and that changes everything for him. If he can throw a slider away to a righty and then you got the fastball. And also he struck out two guys, 96 inside on the black. So right on right. Floyd goes inside to punch two guys out. And I thought he was um, phenomenal. Good to see him back in that lineup. But when you look at the lineup, I think the biggest shock to me was you saw Joe bear come in at third base. And the Polk goes out, Kling is back in right field after his performance, you see, Morgan jump up to the two spot. So, Thompson slides down. I, I really like Dugas, Morgan, Cruz, White to me. I love that top oh, yeah. four. I like Joe Bear moving down. But Musso, Joe Bear at third base? Was that a uh, – were right. you like, what the heck is going on right yes. there? Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> Especially when they – see, so I thought I thought it was just a – they emptied the bench so much on, on Friday night. I thought they needed someone to go play third, so they just stuck him there late in the game. Yeah. Uh, up in the lineup at third base on Saturday, I was like, "Okay, wait, this is a this is a real thing they're they're trying to do right now." So yeah, surprised you know, nice that.
0: Yeah, Stephen, what what about when you saw Joe Bear at third base? You thought it was a misprint, or you were like, I mean, everybody said he played it in high school, you know, until he got to Nichols initially, and he moved on to Delgado. But uh,
2: I mean, do thing, you remember
0: him? You know, you remember him playing that in the scrimmages?
2: No, no, I never gotcha. saw him there. But the uh big thing. For me, it's just looking at it, it just screams, hey, I'm putting all my bats in the lineup, and we're about to outslug you no matter what. I mean, you you got Jones, Jobert, uh, Thompson, White, Crew. I mean, who are you going to pitch around?
0: You can't. Yeah, I like that lineup, and I'm always big on depth of the lineup, and especially when you see Kling at the nine hole. I mean, the kid could really – you know, I think by the time he's – LSU's career said and done. He's going to be hitting three and four hole. He's going to Definitely. replace Cruz next year. But uh, Kling had a great at-bats at on Friday with two walks and two hit by pitches. Musso, I think, as you said. But, look, LSU just crushes Central Connecticut. Look, they scored. And they face another left-handed pitcher, right? He was wild. I think Reyes started for them. The LSU sees another left-handed pitcher. Florida gives up the solo shot in the first. No big deal to me. But LSU comes right back, scores three in the first, four in the second. Five in the third, two in the fourth, five in the fifth, six in the seventh. I mean,
2: just,
0: Just you know, a fight at the bat rack, a parade of runs. And, look, I had to leave halfway through this game to go to a birthday party. But Dugas hits a bomb. Tanks goes yard. Again, Beloso off the bench. You know, Musa. Yeah, what are your – I mean, just on the offensive onslaught right here, is that – Obviously it can't happen every game, but just your thoughts on that offensive onslaught we saw from the Tigers. I,
1: the home runs. And that's one thing I was most excited to see. Actually, they hadn't had a game where they had just the ball out of the park. I mean, they had four home runs yesterday and you're, I get it. You're not going to do that every, every time, but this team is capable of having two, three, four home run games. Um, a lot. I mean, the power is all throughout the lineup. I mean, Look, you just had it on the screen. You feel good about everybody in that lineup. Who can run the ball out of the yard, whether it's yeah. uh, whether it's Dugas. Who, man, the power is just back in that guy's bat. Like right. he could end up being a, a a twenty homer guy for you this year at the rate he's going right now. And I love to see that. And you've seen it from him already. You, I mean, obviously Trey Morgan can run the ball out of the yard. Dylan Cruz, Tommy White, like every guy one through nine there. So. Uh, like I think they are capable of that, and that to me was great to see. Now I understand also they have not had favorable conditions to play offense in uh, right. a lot great this point. year, but uh, on Saturday and they didn't miss, man. I mean, it just it looked like it was everybody right. They you said a fight at the bat rack. They emptied the, the bench <laughs> again and just kept on scoring. It looked like a beach ball to yeah. everybody up there.
0: Yeah, I think that's the most encouraging thing. It's one of those things to where you you see dudes coming off the bench and like look, they don't give up at bats. That's one of the when I played or as a fan, you don't want to see guys coming off the bench just giving up at bats. Over oh, up 20 to nothing. Let me just go up here, swing, and get out of here. You want to see those guys take their hacks too, right? Yeah. And look, Stephen, that's it's right up here on the screen for those that are viewing this. But look, Beloso comes off the bench, hits a bomb, hits another one today. We'll get into that in a second. But, look, he missed all last year, and I'm going to be honest. I'll admit it. I was surprised he came back this year. I just didn't know if he had a place on the team. Great kid, Louisiana kid, program player. He stuck it out. And in the fall and the spring, all I did was see him get on base. It looked like he was on base all the time, walks, yeah. or he was driving in runs, doing whatever they needed during the scrimmages. But, Stephen, just touch on Beloso, seeing him come off the bench and hit a bomb on Saturday.
2: May I tell you his leadership is, is probably him and Dugan and Cruz are, are probably just unvalued. It's just how much of a leadership role that those, that those, those three can play. But definitely him. I mean, it's, it's like we saw that night that was on that the uh, Friday night in spring. 3-4 hole, he was just killing the 3-4 hole just every at bat. Bam, bam. I mean, he is living there. And he's definitely he's, he's he's seeing the ball well. I mean, shoot, he went to the diamond deck yesterday. He went to the diamond deck again. I I did a quick a, a quick look. That I know he don't have a lot of at bats, but he's hitting seven fourteen. So I mean, you <laughs> play, you keep play. him in the line. And and this weekend in, in three games and and minimal at bats, he's got seven RBIs in three games, two bombs, a double. Two walks, I mean, he just gets on base. So, I mean, you got to reward him tomorrow, and I got to step out. But I definitely think that, that we should at least see him starting first base tomorrow is just to give Jones a, a day off to to relax his mind and, and just take a step back and just take it all in. But, I mean, you got to get the Creole Bambino – a few more at bats because the dude has seen it well and seen it very good
0: yeah so but just yeah to, to play off that point muso do you think the lineup they ran out there yesterday and they really ran out the same lineup today do you think that's the best lineup with white being injured take that for what it is Do you think that's the best lineup they can run out there when you put morgan left, Kling and left Klingon right white to dh you got joe bear at third Obviously, I don't know if he's getting—I don't know if he's getting peppered over there. What he looks like, you know. But I, from an offense perspective, do you think that's the best one, or do you think you make a change and then you can get an even stronger one? I mean, twenty-six runs—it's uh, hard, it's hard
1: <laughs> 26 to say that. So. It's after that but it's—it's uh, it's close. Uh, I do think yeah. it's close. Um, it's just uh, that—that's. That's one of the one of the reasons I have liked Trey Morgan in left field so much. I think it gives you a lot of versatility potentially with the lineup. I I don't know if they end up keeping it that way long term. Uh, I think you definitely have that luxury, but it just that can get a guy like Cade Beloso in the lineup and even when Tommy White's healthy. That could get a guy like Ethan Bry, who has also had a, a very good weekend uh, in, in pinch hit at bats in the lineup. Like you you have so many different options. Right now, though, um, I, mean, I, I do. I think, I, again, they put up 26 runs on 20 hits. It's hard to say it's not their best offensive lineup. And you ran the same lineup out there again today, and you put up 13. So, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's that that one's hard to beat for sure. And I'll tell you, you kind of touched on it. Uh, or maybe it was you, Stephen. Clean starting to see the ball and starting to get hits makes it even deadlier. I mean, that's a guy who we all saw in the fall. Home runs and, and time for the team lead. So I mean, they are that. That's a guy who's awesome, and if he comes around, that adds another dimension to the lineup.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So um, uh, let's touch on Collins real quick. So after Floyd, Floyd goes five and two thirds, three hits, one run, one earned with the bomb, one walk, six strikeouts. Then Floyd comes in. I mean, excuse me. Collins comes in one and a third, two hits, three runs three earn, two walks, and it just – something's not right, you know. So, Moose, I'll kick it to you first since you touched on earlier in the pod, and then I'll, I'll bring it over to you, Stephen. I mean, in the fall to me and in the spring, he was phenomenal. Obviously, the velo's up, right? He's 94-95. Last year, is 80 89-91. He's got that big curveball, almost a 20-mile-per-hour difference. Looks like he's added a little cutter, and he's got a change-up too. You know, unfortunately, I couldn't see – Collins pitch because i was not not in front of my uh tv but you know moose anything specific you've seen on him this year or just just inconsistencies is something pitchers go through
1: yeah well i mean i you I mean, you could speak to the inconsistencies a pitcher go through having played the game better than i could but um the walks man that you, you didn't see that from him last year right, you, you right. didn't see that in the fall you didn't see but the I mean, let's see, I think that's now, is that six walks on the year, six or seven walks on the year for it? Yeah,
2: and, sounds and about five right, innings, yeah.
1: and Maybe five innings, not not even that. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's just too many. When you come out of the bullpen, you got to pound the strike zone. That's what right. so many of these guys have done so well, and we're going to touch on plenty of them. But, I mean, you, you look at a, like a Gavin Guidry, for example, on Friday night who we already touched on. The guy came in and just pounded. The strike zone, and that's that's what Bryce Collins isn't doing. And I, again, I he's only had three outings. So I don't really want to say I'm concerned, but I'm getting right. there. Just because yeah. that guy had well over 20 appearances for you last year. He is a key part of this bullpen that you are going to need. I love the curveball. It's 12 to 6, and it's a weapon. But he's he's just got to assault the strike zone more than he's doing right now. And I wanted to see him do that this weekend. And Unfortunately he did it. So um I we'll, we'll keep that on the radar for the next time out. But I just I wanna see Bryce Collins pound the strikes. he could go out there and pound the zone, give up fiver and runs, and honestly I wouldn't care. Just don't walk anybody else.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right. No, it's I mean you bring up a good I mean it could be anything, mentality, it could be his mental state, obviously lack of confidence or his mechanics and obviously Wes Johnson's a guru at that. But um I mean I guess you know, Stephen, from your point of view with regards to Collins. You know, I mean, to me, I think in order for LSU to get where they need to, you know, the Collins is going to have to be key, right? He's a yeah. veteran guy. He's been there, done that. He was with Jay at Arizona. Anything specific you see from him, Stephen, or just uh, you I, know, your I take mean, on Collins?
2: It, I mean, it's, it's, it's like you said. I mean, it it's possibly could be something just, just as, as easy as a mental fix. I mean, but I mean, I, I just don't see how – I mean, I mean it, it's kind of tough – but I mean, you definitely want to see him throw a lot more strikes and and just give our defense a chance. But uh it's just branching off of that. It's just like that Matt said. Uh Garrett Edwards comes in today, no outs, base is full. Well, just pounds it, pounds it, pounds it, gets a K. Next pitch, bam, throws a K. Guy hits it, but it's a line drive to the shortstop, flips it to the second base double play yeah. out of the inning. I mean, not, it's, it's not much more you can ask for from uh, situations like that. So, I mean, but the main thing is, it's, it's just like, it's like Matt said, you just got to pound the strike zone, pound the stri- stri- strike zone, and they're going to reward the guys.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, I, I mean, I think that's the biggest bugaboo is that, Walks, especially late in the game. Even when you're up a ton yeah. of runs, you just want to see – I know Wes Johnson just wants to see those guys get ahead and throw strikes. Right. Make them put it in play. You know, that's the only reason – I mean, they were so far ahead, nobody's coming back. But yeah. later on down the road, that's what you want to see.
2: So, but hey, so, Chris. Yeah. I, I uh, got to step out, but uh, yep. thanks for the invite, too. And you got to just keep crushing on your podcast, man. Love it. Thank you for the invite, buddy.
0: All right, brother. All right. So, nice uh, yeah, Musa and I will take you all home, man. We appreciate Oh, Steven Miller. Y'all can catch him at, at D sports 24 tweeting everything. LSU. He does a really good job. Very knowledgeable guy. He's out there at the scrimmages on high school baseball. So uh, knows a lot about baseball. All right. So me and you are just going to take this home. We're going to talk on Sunday real quick and uh, we'll get you out of here.
1: All right. LSU beat C-
0: so LSU beat central Connecticut state again, 13, nothing. They face another lefty and they really ran out the same lineup and, I predicted early on, I predicted Sunday, I had, a, I had a thought kind of popped in my head. I was like, I think Shores is going to start. And in my opinion, I'll just throw it out there since it's just me and you. I think you're going to see, and I kind of put out there some different things with regards to the bullpen, but I think you see Hurd start tomorrow in a very limited role. And I think he puts Cooper out there maybe in a limited role to start Wednesday, or he could even start Money or Dutton, really. But obviously today, the lineup's up on the screen, right? guys: Morgan Cruz, White, Thompson, Joe Barrett. Same lineup we saw on Saturday. They put up 26 runs. They put up 13 more today. Chase Shores get the start. Uh, the big righty, he's really been maxed out at about three or four innings. Um, surprised to see Shores start? Or really, uh, you were okay with it? No big deal. Wanted to see him get some extended time.
1: Yeah, no, it's that. I, I wanted to see them throw him out there again. I, I'm a big, big fan of Chase Shores. I I think the kid is going to be just he's going to be the Friday night ace before his time is over at LSU. I think that much you could you could see. Um, I wanted to see him extend today. I wanted to see them turning loose, and from a pitch but count standpoint, coming. they they did that from a pitch from a pitch count standpoint. Uh, I I kind of like your thought on this. Is maybe maybe. On the swing and miss for him. I mean, the guy throws 99 miles an hour. Is it just college baseball, or I mean, is there? I don't know. I just I look at the stuff because the breaking ball is pretty good too. There's just not as much swing and miss with him as I as I thought there would be early in his career.
0: That's a, that's a, you know that's a great point. And um, Armstrong brings up a great point right here. He says, "What's up, boys? Shorts look better, but still don't think he has the secondary stuff to be a weekend starter. I think he's too valuable to be a midweek starter for me." looks like a weekend reliever and so me and you, I remember we sat together in one of his yeah. outings in the spring and we're like, his stuff's too good to be a reliever. I don't think it should be a reliever, but to, to kind of answer Armstrong's question in yours one, I, w- I think he has swing and miss stuff, but I think his fastball misses up a lot. And I was surprised that uh, CCSU didn't really chase it today. I was also surprised he had a really, really good changeup today. <laughs> and, it was at 90, and I couldn't believe, especially especially Rios laid off some of his changeups, and I couldn't believe he was just spitting on changeups at 90, just below the knees. To me, it's just I think those guys are saying until you throw me a breaking ball for a strike, and his breaking ball is really hit or miss, right? It's it's very 50-50. And I noted this on Twitter. Him and Skeens, you really don't see them throw breaking balls to lefties at all. And I think the problem is their breaking ball is so horizontal, right, so right to left, whereas a guy like Little, his cutter is very more up and down, you know. I think there's a big problem with them starting it outside to a lefty and then breaking over the middle or breaking in just because it's so much, has so much horizontal break with skeins and shores. they got to get that fixed, and I think that's going to be an issue moving forward. So to answer your question, Musso and Armstrongs, I just don't think they have enough – it just doesn't show enough of a breaking ball to where they have to respect that, and then the fastball looks that much harder. So to me, I mean that—that's what I think you see. But I thought his changeup was very effective today.
1: And I, I actually, to Armstrong's point, I actually think he'd be great as a midweek starter. I I really do. Oh, perfect! I, I mean, perfect. I I think I think that's the perfect role for, for him. I think I think they have it set up here where if they start her tomorrow, he's and I think they're going to. He's gonna be your Sunday starter going going forward after that. I, I just think they've they've got that set up, and I think that's ultimately what they want is him on the weekend anyway. Yeah. Um I think that's a great spot for him to go learn. You gotta think you talk about a pitcher being too valuable. Jack Leiter started his career at Vanderbilt as their midweek start. Like Jack yeah. Leiter was the midweek guy, right? And then turned into what he did on the weekend. So I actually think it's a great spot for Shores to go and learn and and work on his craft a little bit more and still be able to stay in that starting role.
0: No, I agree hundred percent with you. And, and I think we've probably even talked about this and I know hundred percent like midweek, we're still facing good teams, right? Lamar is coming in this week. We're still going to face uh, Tulane and uh, probably I think ULL and, and teams like that. And that way less pressure, right? You got a, a ton of bullpen help and you can go th- hopefully up to four innings and it's just relax. You're still going to face good hitters. It's just not the pressure of the SEC. And I a hundred percent agree with you. I think Shores is a perfect, I don't think he's a reliever. And the one thing between starters and relievers, and I've mentioned this before, is that some people just aren't cut out to be relievers, right? They don't have the mentality. The arm doesn't bounce back. It's a different warm-up routine. They're just not comfortable in that role. And as everybody knows from high school, everybody's a starter in high school. So for him coming from high school now, to uh, LSU. It's just it's a completely different mindset. So uh I wouldn't put him in that reliever role. I would leave him in a mini-week role. But like LSU gets things going, they score four in the first, they score four in the fourth, and they finish it off with five in the sixth. As um Shores, he does a good job. His line on the day, three and two thirds, three hits, two walks, four K's, gets into a little bit of trouble. Then old Nasty Nate trying to get that Dude. trending on Twitter. Hashtag nasty nate comes in, bases loaded, bam, bam, bam. I mean I don't really have a script. It's just me and you going now. What have you thought about? Oh, nasty Nate so far. How about that guy?
1: He's he's awesome. I mean, he's awesome. I got to see him. I didn't see him in the spring at all. I saw him in the fall. Uh, each time I went out there, he just didn't pitch in the in the spring. But yeah, um, Jay Johnson leading into opening weekend, they asked. To, he was asked at a press conference about Nate Ackenhouse, and the thing he said is, "I can't wait to put him in the game." And I get it. I can't wait for you to put him in the game anymore. It's, he's just – the slider is filthy from the left side. I don't know how, if you're a left-handed hitter, you ever get a piece of that pitch. It is just
0: disgusting. Any more questions or no? Yeah, it's – um, and his fastball plays too, right? He's low 90s yeah. in his fastball. And I like how he just comes in and attacks people. You know, he's very aggressive. He doesn't mess around. And, uh, yeah, his slider – It, I mean, against Texas, it played right versus left. Very impressive yeah, today. Cool and especially like the outing he had today. But LSU scores four, then they kind of settle down. They don't get anything going. The Central Connecticut, they faced another lefty, so the third lefty they faced. They score four in the fourth. Dugas, a double. Tanks brings home a couple more. And then um, Ackenhausen puts the brakes on any type of a rally that you see. And then from there, it was tough for me writing up all the notes, I'm going to be honest with you. You see Edwards. And then little completely slammed the door on anything Central Connecticut State wanted to get started. And I was waiting to see Edwards. I thought, well, actually, Herring came in, got a little bit of a trouble, but then Edwards comes in. So, just your thoughts on,
1: yeah, on on Garrett on Garrett Edwards. Um, well, actually on Griffin Herring first. Uh, he'll have better days. I mean, that guy's think? gonna be. He's- okay. You know that guy is going to be a starting pitcher. I do believe at some point in his LSU career too. He's just got that that profile, and I mean the guy can throw it, you know ninety five from the left side occasionally. Right. So that, no That's, doubt. What, that's going and to doubt. that plays. Um, you you can get by with that. I've heard. Uh, but Garrett Edwards, <laughs> I mean, Tabu, you and I sat at a scrimmage together in the spring and, and watched him pitch, and both kind of looked at each other and go, "That's a that's a back end of the bullpen arm." Uh, and back. Garrett Edwards, one hundred percent. And he's he's up at at ninety up to ninety five now even a ninety six. But the slider, the slider is the biggest difference, man. It is uh, it is sharp much sharper than it was as a freshman. And he was pretty good as a freshman too. So just happy to see it for him because he uh, was, should have been freshman all ACC. He had those type of numbers and pitched in a lot of big yeah. games. And last year the injury just didn't allow him to get to get anything going. Uh, so he's made the jump under West. I love to see it bases loaded nobody out and no problem i mean no yeah. problem for garrett edwards that was great and then christian little i don't know if LSU's is going to have a, a designated closer this year but <laughs> right. uh, christian little yeah. is definitely throwing his name in that hat if they want to have that he's fantastic sure. i love that he leans on the off-speed stuff so much because that that's another thing that we, we saw uh, at, a, at a scrimmage he i can throw 95 and he just Constantly throws sliders and change ups and cutters and everything that's not 95.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and I don't even know if you can call a slider off speed when it's, you know, 90, 91 mile hour cutter. I know, and it's, and I don't know, what I saw from him in some of those scrimmages, I always felt like he was holding back. You know, when his warm-up was in his warm ups and the scrimmages, he'd be 95, 96. Then when a batter stepped in there and he was 92 to 94. And you could just see when he came in against Texas, and then today, it seems like his attitude, the way he exudes his mentality and his confidence on the mound as a closer, he can kind of let that go a little bit and say, look, I'm here to just throw hard, throw strikes, and I can throw an 89 slider every time, or I have like an 86 mile power changeup that I can throw for strikes whenever I want to too. I just haven't really had to. And I agree with you. I don't know if they need a closer yet. And I know he came here to start, but yeah, he looks really good at the back end of the game. But uh, there you go, Bailey Lupo. There you go. Do you think Christian Little will see a starting role this season or is he too good? I mean, oh, man. I think, if, man, eventually he starts. I don't know. Musa, what do you think? I mean, I don't know if we need him to start right now or does it depend on if Hurd falters? Uh, I, I think for Bailey. It. Okay.
1: I think someone would have to falter. I think you – because, I mean – you know, it's going to have to be Floyd or, or Hurd at this point. I just, I think, I think it's not, it's not that I think he's too valuable in the closer role. I, I just think, I, I think it's hard to break onto the mound on a starting role in this team, even for a guy as talented as Christian Little. It's just yeah, it, no. The depth on this team is insane.
0: Yeah. Just imagine if Grant Taylor hadn't gotten hurt. We thought uh, a lot of people, oh a lot of people thought he was going to, a lot of people thought he was going to close, but it seems like Jay has said no, he was going to start. So it's, uh, been impressive all right so we're getting ready to wrap up here but i gotta ask you beloso comes off the bench hits another bomb today right he hit the bomb today and then um i mean should he in your mind look do you swap him and jones out tomorrow in terms of starting first keep everybody else the same but maybe uh give beloso a chance to start and put jones let him take a rest for a little while since he's won for the last couple games with a lot of k's you can see that for sure
1: um I know, I, I know how much Jay loves Jones bat in the lineup, though. Uh, so, I mean, I, I I'm hesitant to predict that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I'll I'll say it that way. Neither move would surprise me. Do I think Katie Blush has earned a spot? I do. I mean, I think after this weekend, you got to reward the guy with uh with some playing time. And and look, either way, he's probably going to get in the game because uh can't imagine Butler has much pitching left for for Monday uh-huh. night game. But um. Yeah. I, I think the run rule will be in effect again tomorrow as well. But, yeah, I mean, for me, absolutely, he's earned it. Program guy. Just – and, and again, someone who was going to be your DH slash year before, yeah, he was going to be in the lineup every day. So they obviously yeah. like him a lot. It's just uh, – it. it's, it's one of those stories. It's kind of like Gavin Dugas, man. It's just, you know, one of those guys who's waited his turn, and, and you love to see them succeed. You love to see those type <laughs> of guys succeed.
0: No, I totally agree. And I think that it's one of the things too was built off. I mean, I would love yeah, to see him get a start tomorrow. You know, yeah, I know, I don't know what's going on over here, but uh, the Duke Austin Beloso. Oh, there the we go. Oh, Carl Dunn. Oh, Carl and Cat. Here we go. What do you think about that? Will the approach get better? Yeah. 54 strikeouts in four games heading into the weekend, you know, with uh, Round Rock and Texas. So, do you think their approach has gotten better? You know, do you think we saw too many strikeouts in the first couple of series? Yeah, but I mean,
1: I think this team is just going to strike out a lot at the same time.
0: I think they have they a lot get a of home. It's a trade-off. That is what it is now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, I, it's just kind of, I mean, it, nobody, they're not going to strike out 16 times every game. And if they right. did that, yeah, I'd be really concerned. But I mean, I think you saw it the last two days. They struck out five times today. I think they struck out three times yesterday. Like there, that's not going to happen either. I think they're probably somewhere, somewhere, probably about eight to 10 strikeouts a game in that range. This lineup it is just kind of where I have them. I and, not all strikeouts are created equal, man. I mean, you strike out to end an inning when it's a you know three up three down. That's not the same as you going down on three pitches with the bases loaded and trying to score runs. So uh, that's also important to keep in mind as well. But I I think they have gotten better. They've struck out eight times in the last two games.
0: Yeah, no, it it almost and Hans asked me that before too. It almost seems like it's a trade off nowadays. You see in the big leagues, yeah, right, yeah. guys. Guys are not afraid to strike out. Coaches are okay with that as long as the power comes along with it. But um, I do worry a little bit when you're going to see more SEC quality arms. But as long they're going to have a plan. They're going to have an approach. And it seems like as long as they're able to get runs in in certain situations, right, you're not going to score 26 runs in the SEC game. You're not going to score every inning. As long as they do their job when it matters, I guess I'm okay with it. So, Marissa, before we head out of here, why don't you tell everybody where they can find all of you information twitter podcast just let everybody know where they can track you down
1: yeah man i appreciate that so follow me on twitter at muso matthew uh listen to muso at the box it's presented by new orleans Florence. great great content i pump it out daily uh normally drops around 10 30 11 o'clock uh, in the morning monday through friday apple spotify google wherever really you get your podcast just search uh muso at the box we appreciate it
0: yeah, man, he does a great job. always make sure to like and retweet his stuff on my personal account and then the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU podcast account. So it's always good. I look at games one way. Musso looks at them another. Steven or Alex Day or Hunt. I always like getting different pe- people's perspective. Yeah. And I'll retweet everybody's stuff. They have so many good LSU baseball guys here in town that I don't care. It's, everybody's here for the same thing just to try to grow the game. But mm-hmm. I want to thank Musso for joining us. And uh, that's going to be it tonight for the 60 Feet 6 Inches live stream, the instant analysis of Friday through Sunday of LSU versus Butler in Central Connecticut State. Don't forget, LSU plays Butler one more game tomorrow. I'm with Musso. When that spread comes out, I'm taking the Tigers to cover that spread because I don't think (laughs) Butler's going (laughs) to – I don't see them having any more arms Uh -uh. left for a four-game series. But y'all make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're really going to try to do this with different guests throughout the year, especially when those SEC series end early. Try to grow the live stream. We'll try to fix the difficulties. It happened, <laughs> yeah, right? You're talking
1: about fixing the difficulties, and there it is. Great timing on that.
0: There we are back again. I don't know what's going on with the internet over here, guys. Right, I right apologize. talking about the
1: difficulties. There they go. On, uh, there we like
0: go. On cue. On yeah. cue. But uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out Muso's podcast, Muso at the Box all streaming platforms, and also check out my podcast, also the Twitter account, at 60 ft 6 Pod. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time, y'all stay safe, and as always, Go Tigers!